Yo, 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 welcome to Mood Swing. So, in the last two weeks since I've talked to you guys, I finally started training. I spent about a year off in bumfuck Texas with my thumb in my ass, uh, teaching a little bit, doing a little bit of strength and conditioning, a little bit of swimming, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, but I am back in the swing of things. Since moving to New Jersey, I've started training with Ricardo Almeida. Uh, and started sparring at Nicotone MMA. Uh, a year off has not been good for me. Uh, I got I got seven shades of shit beat out of me on Saturday. My face is all bruised up like I just got out of an MMA fight, which I did. Corey Anderson kicked the shit out of me, as well as some guy who's got a contender series fight uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, even like pro MMA... Even pro jiu-jitsu practice was beating my ass. Like, I've got muscles failing. My cardio was failing. It's just... Physically, my body's not keeping up. Mentally, I feel incredible. It is amazing to be back to working with people who treat this like a... Like, who actually take this seriously. Like, that's not what I had in San Angelo. This was a hobby at best for even... Even the most committed people, this is this was just their hobby, and this just this has never been my hobby. Even when it was something that I did on the side, it was never my hobby. This has always been my life, and it's very very refreshing to be around people who take this seemingly as seriously as I have. In the four four times that I've trained since I've been here, I've met Frankie Edgar. Zavid Magomed Sharipov, Ricardo Almeida, Corey Anderson, and Eddie Alvarez popped over my shoulder like a parrot. Like, he was about six inches away from me before I noticed him. So I started mumbling. Like, I jumped, and then they're like, oh, shit. Now, normally when you see someone who's famous, like, you get, like, 15 feet, and you can take a second and recompose yourself. I didn't have that. So I just had like a little fangirl moment in the ear of a former world champion. Like, but everybody here has been incredibly welcoming. They've told me where I should be going to, to, to train, who I should be training with. I started striking with a guy named James Mills. He's a Muay Thai stylist. Uh, it seems very, very good for me. Um, Ricardo Almeida's style is very MMA-based, at least for the, the classes that I've been attending. They're very, very MMA-focused. Um, and I've really, really enjoyed them so far. Everybody's very high level. Uh, Zabit shows up with like 12 other Dagestanis. And it's just, I've been very, very impressed so far. What else has happened? We got a grill. We bought a Traeger grill. So right when we moved here, we didn't have a grill at all. We, so we went out and we bought like a, the shittiest grill that Home Depot sold. It was like 50 bucks or something like that. Uh, just cause like, ah, let's find out if we like grilling. And then it turns out we like grilling. And then my my mom's like, oh, hey, you want a, a housewarming present? I'll help you get a grill. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So we went out and found a grill, found a Traeger grill and set it up. Just set it up today. I haven't gotten a chance to use it yet, but I'm super excited because everything that I hear, Traeger grills are the best grills around. I can do so much with it. And it's got a Wi-Fi option. It's got an application so I can cook remotely. All sorts of crazy stuff. I'm super excited about that thing. Uh, also, I bought a house, guys. Well, I didn't buy a house. My wife is largely buying a house. Actually, let me rephrase that. The military is buying a house for my wife and I. And it's dope. Um, 
what else do I need to tell you about? Probably nothing. Alright, let's get into some fights. So this Saturday's fight, the last fight card on Yaz Island. At least I think this is the last card on Yaz Island. I think that everything after this weekend is back in Vegas, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, so we have a middleweight title fight, or not a title fight, ooh, yeah, not a title fight. The main event, uh, Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. Hmm. I, both of these guys have kind of, they've never really fought somebody who's exactly like the other guy, but they've fought people who kind of fit in the same categories. Darren Till, Till operates really, really slowly. Uh, he has a very, not, not that he operates slowly, because he moves very quickly, he covers distance very quickly, but he has a very, very, he has a, a low work rate, he has a low output, he's not filling space with volume, he uses big feints and uh, these arm swings to kind of fill the space between you, while he's using his footwork to slide in and slide out, so you can't quite get a read on where he is and when he's coming and when he's going. Uh, we saw a lot of that. Um, if you go back and watch his fight against Wonderboy, although it wasn't the most uh, thrilling fight, it was a, a very interesting technical back and forth. Um, it was a, it was interesting to watch it live and not know what was going to happen. And there's a lot of fainting and footwork going on. It, it's a nice study of footwork not a fun fight to watch um robert whitaker is much more aggressive much higher pace uh he doesn't slide around the ring he actually kind of hops around the ring he's got that same karate style footwork that you see out of wonder boy yeah he's very much a blitzer from what i've heard his like the most surprising thing about working with uh sparring with him or fighting him is how far he can actually get to you. So he'll be he'll be standing at a distance where you think you're completely safe, and then pow, he's on you. And it just it doesn't doesn't make sense how he can close distance like that. Um, so he he's very similar to to Wonder Boy in that regard, where he's always bounce 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 bounce, and what that does is it disguises some of your explosions when you're constantly hopping, uh, karate style. It hides when the blitz is actually going to come. So it's hard to read it. <coughs> Apologies, guys. I almost killed myself. <clears throat> Swallowing down the wrong tube or something. Because I'm six and I still don't know how to breathe and speak at the same time. Uh, Robert Whitaker does really, really well when guys come, come towards him. Uh, Darren Till has a habit of just coming forward. He's not... I don't expect him to fight off of his back foot... Robert Whitaker can definitely fight off of his back foot. I mean, he's going to spring back in, but what we saw with um, Romero was kind of playing on the outside, playing on the outside, and then springing for an attack. Uh, if you saw his fight against Derek Brunson, uh, Derek Brunson just hard charged at him face first, uh, and Whitaker was playing the Matador before he was able to get the knockout. Um... So for Robert Whitaker, I, I think the best analysis to Darren Till would actually be uh, his fights against Yoel Romero, a guy who's going to put relatively low volume out, and when it is, it is when when he does 
connect. It's devastating. Uh, Darren Till, I, I think that Wonder Boy is probably the closest thing that he has faced to a Robert Whitaker, someone who's going to be who's looking to blitz. Um, both of these guys have a lot of fights. Both of these guys are strikers. Neither of them have any submissions, um, at least in the UFC. I don't believe I, they might have a submission on their record somewhere. That's not to say that either of them can't do submissions. I, I believe they're both purple belts. I think Darren Till studies Luta Libre, though, uh, from his time in Brazil rather than uh, more of a jiu-jitsu style. It's just it, it's the nogi style. It's a, anyways. Um, whereas I, I believe Robert Whitaker is also a purple belt. Uh, Robert Whitaker has some really, really good wrestling, though. If, if you couldn't tell that from the Yoel Romero fight, uh, he's actually he qualified to represent Australia in the Commonwealth Games, which is like makes him in the top like five in the country and in his weight class or something like that and then all of the countries that england once owned all come together to compete uh but he had to turn down his spot to actually compete in mma so he definitely can grapple but we don't see him going for takedowns he just uses it to defend he's he's absolutely a striker um I'm leaning towards Whitaker on this one. I like Darren Till. I think he's very entertaining. I, I hope to see the best of him. I, I I don't want him to go and lose this fight and then have some crazy skid, but I, I don't see a clear-cut way for him to beat Robert Whitaker unless the miles on Whitaker are... Apologies. Uh... Unless all that damage that Whitaker took in 10 rounds against Joel Romero really has, like, shot him, has him shot. And I, it's not like he looked shot against Adesanya. Um, he definitely was compromised, and he got finished and by shots that might not have normally. But I'm, I'm still definitely leaning Whitaker for, the <clears throat> Whitaker for this one. Your co-main event um, is two old guys going to beat themselves, beat each other up. Actually, I don't think Shogun's that old. How old is Shogun? Shogun's, oh, actually, yeah. Shogun's 38 now. Shogun was the champion when he was, like, 23. Uh, and Shogun has been in the top 10 to 15 ever since. Uh, Shogun versus Little Nog. I think this is their three-peat. Honestly, I don't know who's won which one when. Um... Supposedly one of them was a pretty good fight. The other one was supposed to be pretty boring. They're they're only co-main for the name value. I Little Nog has been in the UFC since Big Nog has been in the UFC, and I think he's had like four fights or five fights. Like he just oh actually so let's see since two thousand and nine when Little Nog got to the UFC. He beat Luis Kane and beat Jason Brills, lost to Ryan Bader, lost to Phil Davis, beat Tito Ortiz and Rashad Evans. All This is impressive. Like He's done really, really well. But that's one, two, three, four, five, six fights between 2009 and 2013. Six fights in four years. Then he went and lost to Rumble Johnson, lost to Shogun, beat Pat Cummings, lost to Ryan Bader again, 
beats Sam Alvey, and then loses to Ryan Span. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 fights in the UFC in 11 years. Like, honestly, I, I thought this guy retired like four times. I thought actually he retired when his brother retired. Ooh, yeah, he's lost both of his fights against Shogun. Why are they doing a three-peat? That, that, all right, whatever. Um, Shogun versus Little Nog is your co-main event. I'm assuming that Shogun's going to win this because Shogun's won both of the other ones. And honestly, like, Little Nog's supposed to be a better technician than Big Nog, but he just, he seems to always be injured. Much more interesting. Um, heavyweight bout of Fabricio Verdum versus Alexander Gustafson. Gustafson not cutting weight is a very, very interesting thing because he relies a lot on movement. And one of the things that starts to go away when you cut a lot of weight is your ability to move for long periods of time. And Gustafson's movement hasn't ever deteriorated. Like... Gus, Gus is still able to stay on the outside and stay moving in five-round fights. He's looked really, really good. I, I can't remember a time that we've ever seen him tired. Um, he also very well could be the greatest fighter ever to not win a UFC title so far. I mean, if he were to retire, he keeps talking about retiring. He's, I think he's actually coming out of retirement for this fight. Fabricio Verdum, on the other hand... Uh, up until Stipe, there was a very strong case that Fabricio Verdum was the, the greatest heavyweight of all time. Um, your other two contenders for that would be Fedor and Cain Velasquez, and Fabricio has wins over both of them. So, it, Alex going up in weight against the great the, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, it's definitely a tall task, but Alex almost beat DC. He almost beat John Jones. Those are the consensus number one, two greatest light heavyweights we've seen. Um, if Fabricio Verdum is here to win, like if he's really put in a training camp and his gas tank is together, uh, he's got a shot. Like he's got a he's got a decent enough chin. He's very irresponsible defensively, but that's pretty common of all of the Rafael Cordero guys they tend to brawl and the thing that they seem to be really really good at is confidence and getting back on offense so if you've ever seen videos of them fighting of them sparring it's one guy gets pummeled until he swings back and then if he connects he can kind of move forward on the other and this is not a knock against their camp they're they're super elite Rafael Cordero is quote I think he's coached the most champions of any coach, period. Like, it, it's just, that's their style. Their style is highly offensive with much less regard to defense. Um, Fabricio Verdum doesn't have very good takedowns, uh, but he is a ground specialist. And Alexander Gustafsson has supreme takedown defense. And excellent footwork to keep him out of position to being taken down. Unless something crazy happens where Gustafson gets gets tired or gets caught, I, I don't I don't expect for Doom to be able to win this fight. 
Uh, I'm not confident that Gus will be able to finish Fabricio, but I do expect that Alexander Gustafson wins this fight. Um, the next fight in the card is Carla Esparza versus Marina Rodriguez. Honestly, I, I don't know a lot about Marina Rodriguez, but she's 12-0-2. Uh, and both of her draws have happened in the UFC. Draws are super uncommon. So for you to only have one, is it? I think it was four fights in the UFC. One, two, three. It's just four fights in the UFC and one fight on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series for Brazil. Uh, and she's got two draws in the UFC against Ronda Marcos and Cynthia Calvillo. Um, but I, I don't know a whole lot about her. She did beat Tisha Torres and Jessica Aguilar, who also I don't know. Um, and I follow this pretty well, so it's, I kind of feel bad about not knowing who that is. Um, Carla Sparza has been at the top of this division for basically forever. Like, who hasn't she fought at this point? I don't think she's going to be intimidated by some girl who just happens to be undefeated. Um, Carla's currently on a three-strike fight winning streak. Uh, and then her two losses before that are to Tatiana Suarez and Claudia Gadelia, like two girls who are also at the absolute top of this division. Uh, if Carla wins this, she she could be looking at like maybe a title shot. Uh, I don't know if she'll get it over Rose. She definitely won't get it over Rose. I, I don't know that she would get it over Tatiana. But if Tatiana's not healthy after that Rose fight, like she very well could be next in line uh, for the title. Let's see where is she currently ranked. Carla's currently ranked seventh, with Claudia, Tatiana, uh, Andrade, Joanna, and Rose and Whaley above her. So, if Carla can beat Marina Rodriguez at number ten, it's very possible that she can earn herself the next title shot. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see that one. Next fight. Paul Craig, the Bear Jew. I, I have no idea if this guy is like an excellent fighter, but I do love to watch him fight. And also, is there any moniker greater than the Bear Jew? How awesome is that? Paul Craig tends to get tends to block punches with his face and then submits people in the third round. Like guys beat the ever living shit out of Paul Craig, and then he snatches victory from the the, the jaws of defeat. It's epic every time. He's fighting Gadzimirad uh, hmm. Antigolov. I definitely butchered that first name. The last name is Antigolov. Who's 20 and 6. Wow. Who is this guy? That I don't know him. He's 20 and 6. I'll have to look into him later. Uh, Alex Rodriguez versus Peter Sabata. That was a cool fight. Okay. I, I, I'm a fan. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to watch that. The, the one that I do want to see, though, or really want to see, first fight on the main card is Kamzat Chimiev versus some dude that I've never heard of. Kamzat fought on Wednesday of last week or Saturday of that last week uh, and just stuck around. He, If you didn't see Kamzat Chimiev 
beat what was his name John Phillips you need to go watch that fight he's got the nickname uh, mini Khabib but like he's so impressive in the first 10 seconds of each round he secures a takedown he drags his fight his opponent over to his corner drags him like 15 feet across the cage right to his corner, puts him against the wall, and proceeds to beat the ever-living shit out of him. There's nothing that they could do about it. Like, it's not like against Khabib's before. And it's not like John Phillips is the most impressive grappler. I mean, he was like 20 and 9 or something like that, and all of his finishes are in the first round. So, like, it seems like if you get out of the first round with that guy, he loses. But still, put him against the cage, and he was doing this really, really interesting thing where instead of hitting you with the covered part of his fist, hitting you with the glove, he was hitting with the smaller knuckles on his hand, like like your door knocking knuckles, rather than your punching knuckles. He was door knocking on uh, on John Phillips's face, and it was tearing him open like a bare knuckle fight. Super impressive wrestler. I guess he's a freestyle national champion or na- national team member or whatever for Sweden. He's good wrestler from Sweden. Apparently, Sweden wrestles because between him and who's the dude that just fought Derek Lewis, that uh, the guy who can like deadlift four hundred pounds five fifty times. Oh, I can't think of what his name is. Uh, which is probably why he hasn't fought for a title shot. I can picture his face too. Oh, this is gonna bother me. Anyways, uh, Kamzat trains at the same camp as Gustafsson. And the guy whose name's gonna pop into my head in like 30 seconds after I'm done talking about him. Uh, on the undercard, like uh, Jake Collier, I know that name. Nicholas Dalby, that's a good one to watch. He's a, he's always a tough dude. Um, oh my God, Bechkoheas above Ramzan Amiv and Nathan Wood. You should definitely watch Nathaniel Wood. He's a hot prospect. Uh, Ramzan Amiv. He's one of those guys who's was like I think he's a Sambo champion. So he his record's only eighteen and four, but I'm pretty sure that dude has like a hundred and thirty fights before he got to professional MMA. Like he, he's a he's a good one to watch. What else do I have to tell you guys? Probably nothing. Yeah, I'm gonna call it there. We'll talk to you guys another hopefully in a week. But honestly, I'm kind of a scrub. And I don't know if anybody's listening other than Adrian. So, mood swing out.